Greetings, salutations, and a heartwarming good morning from all of us here in podcast land. Today is an amazing day to start approaching life like you have something to learn and less like you have something to prove. Now let's see if we can't learn a thing or two today and have a little fun while doing it too. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. There's a lot of people running around that don't stay the night, never come through town. And some other people running about that don't take the time to suss you out. Still, some of us every night be making toast to you, like isn't it nice that the body and the prisons of mine is big for you? Let there be light. And good afternoon. Welcome to the real oil field women sponsored by the Crude Life. And today we are joined with three professional women who all work south of the Mason-Dixon line, and they represent the real oil field women of the south, huh? Yes, sir. Now, before I hand the mic over to the voice of West Texas, Chris Moore, I'd like to share with you the journey of this program and the brand. Now, I'm from the Crude Life. By the way, this is Jason Spies. Look at that. I didn't even introduce myself right away. I'm reading, actually, folks, because I wrote this because I wanted to make sure that I articulated some of this because... Actually, a lot just happened before we just got on the air. And so I'm kind of thrown off a little bit. And um, Chris Moore and I were talking about it's almost like landmines nowadays to where everything's a trigger word and there's so much cancel cancel culture. So being in a position of power is really important to be aware of and to also understand. So I just wanted to mention that. So since day one, The Crude Life has been interviewing and empowering women in a way that we can, whichever way we can. Now, we've got limited resources, so interviews, access to professionals, social media pushes, general positivity towards their goals, or what we can offer on a regular basis. We do more, but that's what we can offer on a regular basis. And you'd be surprised with how much of a marketplace that exists for that. General decency, there's a marketplace out there for that. So our third article, we did was in the Oil Man magazine and actually we featured women in oil and gas. That was our third article in Oil Man magazine was a feature on women and gas. We featured presidential cabinet members, CEOs, the next leaders in energy, a cafe owner in the heart of an oil patch and an oil and gas photographer. We felt like we made a very good cross-section of what was out there in the world from high level to day-to-day operational. So we've been making an effort to reach out and remain accessible to women who are interested in empowering others and a solution-based content. All right, now comes the difficult part. is talking about some of these issues with the industry and an industry that still isn't ready for change. Now, collectively, they're not ready, but individuals are. And I can cite numerous examples to back up that statement. But I'm not going to right now because you all know it. So lots of people are saying we need to connect and change, but few are taking action. The real oil field for women is another example of the crude life taking action by trying something new. Now, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just going to give you examples that we've tried. The industrial forest is an example of the crude life trying to take an example of the ESG narrative by showing that industry can actually be another solution to an environmental problem by building a network of sustainable forests across the United States. Educating how the environment and industry can coexist together and make our lives better, make the planet better. 
Johnny Green with the Earth's Championship belt is another example of us trying to do something different, a new Frackleberry Hound who just went after Mick Hager's dog. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Canine pipe inspections. Uh, well, at the Bakken barbecue, they would wrestle. Like, we have video of them on our Facebook page of them wrestling. So we actually promoted, like, uh, and I, that was Rogue. I thought it was Yara, but Rogue versus Frackleberry Part 2. So anyway, uh, sidebar there. So anyway, I, I just, like I say, I don't bring up these examples to brag or to say with conceit. I say these examples because we are doing this without any support from operators or industry organizations. We're doing this because we believe it's our mission, it's a statement, it's the ethical core of our solution-based content. We also believe freedom of speech is what everybody wants and everyone is welcome here on The Crude Life. We all use our energy for different paths and walks of life. All right, so I want to talk about when my eyes got opened a little bit. My aha moment came and why this is why we're here. So some of you know Jenica. She's our Crude Life correspondent, our content correspondent. She has done tremendous work for the industry since she was laid off due to cutbacks, due to COVID cutbacks. She not only understands the COVID layoffs, but her husband was laid off from coal and then laid off from oil and gas. She's taking care of her grandfather. She's got three kids. She's 31 years old. She knows exactly how regulations can dictate and redirect your life. She knows how any town USA can be impacted. She's a mother of three, 31 years old. She got laid off from the radio station, who's one of our affiliates due to COVID. We gave her a part-time stringer opportunity because we had a little bit of money extra. And we didn't get any COVID support either from the state of North Dakota. So we're doing all this off of the good sponsors that have given us money, okay, that believe in our mission. So we're not getting COVID money to do this. We're actually doing this off of the sponsors of people who believe in us. So let me tell you what Jenica did. She got the Texas Railroad Commissioner, Christy Craddock, Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge, young modern leaders like Stephanie Canales of Cougar Drilling, Marlette Dumas of BP. This is like big stuff in our industry, in journalism industry, in the media business. So her tenacity, her work ethic continued into the man's world where she landed the first question with Mike Pompeo at the press conference. She got the first and third question, a rookie in the business. That's a big deal, isn't it? in the media? Do you land the first question? That's like CNN there. She got Mark Gordon impromptuly led a conversation on nanotechnology with Lynn Helms, the director of mineral resources. I had no idea what I got with her. No idea. So I reached out to women's network groups and said, my goodness, you got to check out this. How can we get this going? And all we got was just nothing. We just got ghosted, no put, nothing. There wasn't really anything that I saw that were reaching out to her. So we started tagging them on social media, nothing. So I asked Jenica one day, I said, is anybody from industry even reached out to you? And she said, no. And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking at this like, boy, she's just ripped the ball right off the cover. And that's an understatement. I've won multiple national and regional awards in newspaper, magazine, and radio. I do kind of know what I'm talking about. So when I do say she's ripped the ball off, she has, okay? And when we reached out and got nothing, that was an eye-opener to me. So I personally then spoke to several officers that I had personal relationships with about my concerns. And here are my concerns. 
And disclaimer. And by the way, I'm only half done. My disclaimer is I have no idea how to properly orate my concerns. I have no idea as a man. I know that when I try, I piss people off a lot. I know that I have a lot of passion, and I know that I need some, I don't know, help on how to arrange my voice so there's an awareness out there. So I'm grateful that this program is happening. So this platform and program is about solution and advancing the conversation. And guess what? Sometimes there's no advancement. Acknowledging there's no advancement in the moment is advancement. So just keep, that's why Chris is here, by the way. She understands that as a pro, that sometimes we flesh it out a little bit, but when all of a sudden it becomes, you know, three, four examples topped on top of each other, nobody's listening anymore. She knows that. So that's why she's here. I assume you do with your criteria. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. So now during this past March, we featured a different woman in oil and gas every single day of the month. Now, I do not know one other platform that did that. We didn't have one sponsor that month that told us to do it. We did it because it's our mission and part of our ethical core. Now comes the crossroads. We solicited all month for women to nominate other women. Send us your names of some women that are doing some amazing things, and guess what? We got two names. It was two. I thought it was four. It was two. I'm sorry. We got two. We actually got more emails from women pissed off at other women that were featured. These women were very specific and graphic at times with their emails, which I bring up because it was the initial distraction from the other issue, which is these issues were attacking other women because they were sticking up for men using unethical treatment on women. Married men in some of these emails. In my Jenica example, I became so flustered with one of the leaders, I actually said in the moment, and I know I was wrong when I said this, but I have to own it. I said, it's almost like the women out there are enabling alcoholism more than they're promoting women. And I say that with a drink of half red and half white in my hand. Because I will play hard and work hard, I will enable and have a drink, okay? So, it just, but when I looked at all the social media posts, it was all a bunch of party picks over the last two years. And I get it, we've all been at home. Nobody's doing it on purpose. So when I reached out, I got, oh boy, I, the look you gave me earlier, Chris, where you physically went back and your eyes got bigger and whoa. And I went, yes, that's the, that's the reaction I got. And then when I took a step back, they came back and one of the leaders said, yeah, I, I understand your concern. We actually told people to you know, hide the drinks during the photo. And I went, okay. And I thought, so nothing about empowering women, though. And that was like it. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And that, that really did bother me. And I'm not trying to be a prude here, and I'm not trying to you know, say anything altruistic. I'm just trying to point out there are a lot of people out there right now that understand that the big cruise shift that happened is 90% over. Another two years and all the retirees are gone, okay? So that means all the new leadership is in place, and guess what? If people are not getting help from the leaders, getting paid to help them, then where do they go? If women are finding themselves in an episode of Mad Men every time they go on a sales call, does leadership even care anymore? And if so, where do they go? So 
I'm not trying to be altruistic again. I'm just trying to offer a platform for women to discuss and advance the industry and issues. The Crude Life is trying to bring in Jenica and professionals like Chris here to bring it to that next level to evolve. Okay, Jenica is trying to go from a part-time contractor to now she's got a part-time job to this will turn into a full-time job for her. We did that without any COVID support from North Dakota. We did that without any operator support. We're out there creating jobs and supporting women because this is really what is, should be normalcy. Okay, this should be normalcy. So basically, I'd like to ask the first question. Okay. Let's do it. And then I'm going to hand it off to Chris. All right. All right, now i got to find my first question here because I veered off my written words a long time ago. All right. Okay, here's what I wrote. So... This is at like 3 in the morning here as I'm writing this. So, can you tell we're pretty honest here on the crew Absolutely, life? Absolutely, you should be. Okay, my mic's on, so that's good. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Okay, now hit record and let's go. <laughs> so, the first question I like to ask, and if you do not like it, you can tell me to press sand. Either way, I have the mic right now, so I got the power and I'm going to abuse it. Wait, display that. Okay, so the question is, I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> So, all right, now I'm just going to talk because it's basically I'm saying Tiffany Wilson is how I was introduced to some of the Permian, and it was with her work with the Easter Basket Drive. So what she was doing on the Easter Basket Drive, I thought it was really cool. So her and I connected. We then did an interview, and she talked about the oil field families who were away from the kids, what she was doing about it, and she can talk more about that in a minute, but basically she created something out of the air and pushed it on social media and within her network and made it happen, and when the Texas storm happened, Tiffany was out there helping a 1,000 oil field workers without power on her birthday with a competition for a crisis. She was helping her competition in a crisis. So... I also saw her reach 1% activity status on LinkedIn. So what I've seen Tiffany do over the past year, I think is remarkable. And so I'm very proud to have her on this platform right now. So Chris, I'd ask if you could ask Tiffany to explain the Easter baskets, why she did it, looking for sponsors, just go through the whole thing. And then I would ask her about silos and the clicks in the industry and let her go on that if she wants and she can hand off the mic if she wants at that time but either way um i'll definitely pass it to these east texas yeah on the clickish <laughs> but and then i said if she agrees with me okay how does that impact beautiful women in this industry because let's be honest here the four of you women are very beautiful okay chris you're included okay <laughs> I'm serious. And so when you're a beautiful person working in an industry that's operating like an episode of Mad Men, you lead a totally different life. And as a man, I have absolutely no idea how to even lead a conversation like this. In fact, I want to physically remove myself. I don't even want to listen to what you guys are talking about. I'm going to listen to it later, okay, when we put it on the program because we're doing some things here. So today I want you guys just to talk. And the old and gray guy is going to go away, okay? Woman's going to moderate the show, so let me tell you a little bit about Chris. I'm sorry if that's sexist to some of you folks, but this is going to be a female panel here. Uh, so Chris Moore is our Jenica, and she's going to ensure the conversation will advance. 
even if there's nowhere for it to advance. Chris Moore is a professional, and I'm grateful and blessed to share the mic and platform with her. She is with the Morning Drive, worked all over Texas, specifically the Permian and the Big Spring and other parts of San Angelo. Is that pronounced right? That's correct, San Angelo. And she's won her fair share of various awards and reader polls, and she even got one from the Midland Reporter Telegram, so she's a local favorite as well. So with that, I'm closing my computer. Everything seems to be turned on. Yes, making sure my microphone's working. We're good to go. I, I hope you guys just have fun with this. Jason, thank you so much. Hey, you and Puppy Dog here have a good time. And we'll take it over. Okay. Thank you, Hi Jason. There. Hi there. I'm Chris Moore. And let's first, before we even get started, let's introduce all three of you ladies. Tiffany Wilson, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you work, and what your position is. I'm Tiffany Wilson. I'm with Gulf South Energy Services. I'm the sales manager there here in West Texas. We have offices in West Texas and Shreveport, Louisiana. And we offer wireline drill outs, uh, well testing, anything on the completion side we do. So we're pure oil and gas and uh, we love it. So So you said Shreveport, so that's why they put you in charge of the mud bugs outside. <laughs> is that, is that why that happened? You know your Louisiana ways. <laughs> yes, I um, do. She's got mud bugs on her. She does. She does. A girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. So the... <laughs> the mud bugs, they've come up. If they're they're free, but also under donation. Anybody that wants to come out there and um, if they want to stick a donation in, we have a Rig Riders Motorcycle Club that comes around the Permian Basin. They're part of the Oilfield Helping Hands. Uh, one of the brothers has stage 4 cancer, and uh, anything, any part of the donation will go to him. So he's, uh, he's fighting a good fight right now and actually got out of the hospital. So um, any of those donations will go to him. Be sure after we finish to get me the information. That way we can broadcast it also. Absolutely. Perfect. Okay. Let's pass the mic down and give it over to Tiffany. No, not Tiffany. Sorry. Frankie Osborne. Good morning. Good Good afternoon. I'm used (laughs) to working in the morning. Hey, I'm a morning drive girl. She's a morning one. Frankie, tell us a little bit about you, where you work, what you do, and um, anything about those beavers. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, Tiffany came up to me and said, hey, you're called the beaver lady around my house. I said, oh, my gosh. And I kill. I've, I have two ponds in my backyard, uh-huh. and it's all spring-fed. So every year in the springtime, those beavers come out, and they dam it up, and it messes up all the ecosystem. So <laughs> I take them out. <laughs> my kids call her the beaver girl. That's, that is so funny. Girl, again. And a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, it. right? I know it. Um, but my name is Frankie Osborne. Um, I'm a sales consultant for Nighthawk Completion Services. Uh, we have mixing plants, chemicals, flowback, torque and test, and we also have sand cats. Um, I'm from Tyler, Texas, born and raised. I live on 5,000 acres. We run 900 head of cattle, so whenever all these guys start talking crap, I'm like, hey, bub, I can castrate you faster than I can a steer. Oh, look at you. <laughs> oh, I love they, that. It, it gets them cracking up. But, I uh, love that. I'm sorry, I got to make a time note on that for a future promo. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, that's about it. Yes, it's a lot to handle, but uh, all right. Now, here we go. Back down to the end of the row. Heather 
Pharrell, good morning, good afternoon. I'm going to be doing that all afternoon on Easter morning. So, Heather, good afternoon. Tell me a bit about yourself. Yes, ma'am. So, um, Heather Farrell with Thomas Oilfield Services. Uh, started with them very recently, but I'm no stranger to how Greg Peeler runs his business. They started in 2009. Um, I've love their vision their values with the company and so um what we mainly do is service the permian basin and the hainesville shale surface rentals uh frack tanks pumps and that's actually our giant 600 barrel pre-mix pit outside the only one of its kind it's huge you can't miss it so anyone here at the conference please go check it out before it gets sold and put on a job Okay, now my next question is, um, I know when I took over the morning drive, Mm -hmm. I took over for a man that had been there for 18 years. And his news guy, his sidekick, was a man that had been there 14 years. And a blonde chick walks in to take over. (laughs) So, with that being said, what has the pressure been like? How long have y'all been with your position and kind of working in a man's world? Um, Tiffany, let's start with you, and then we can also uh, address the Psy, what did he say, the Cyclops and the Clicks, Silos, Silos and Clicks. Jason's really on one today. Okay. So, you know, before this, I did housing for a couple years, and everybody was pretty respectful for the most part, you know, because they they go to work all day or whether it's 12 hours, whether it's Mm -hmm. night shift, day shift, whatever, they're going to need somewhere to sleep, and for the most part... They're pretty nice to the person that's going to run it because they need somewhere to lay down. But when I switched over just a couple months ago after years of doing that, it's a whole different ball game. It's kind of like they, you know, in the, in a different world, a lot of people think, oh, they're just going to hit on you here, hit on you there in the housing. And some do, but, you know, for the most part. But this has kind of been where people, the men... Some are real respectful and help, and some kind of size you up like, you know, you better get your first deal before I'm going to be nice to you. Mm-hmm. you know? I mean, they want to see if you can really do it. Prove yourself. I mean, that's that's how it's been with me anyway. So, uh, it's not that they're, they're just, they're tougher. You know, if you want to come in and you want to make something of yourself, you got to prove yourself, you know. And so... I mean, they... So you've been with Go South only a few months? Mm-hmm. Okay, moving yep. over from the housing. Yep. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So it's it's a learning process, but I'm grateful for it because uh, it's teaching me a whole different side of the oil field. I mean, mm. I'm, used to, I'm used to actually housing these people to now working with like them. Like the man camps. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, it, it's a whole different ballgame, and they are really... Uh, they want to make sure you know what you're doing. I mean, they don't care. I mean, I know that there's the whole, you know, whether you're cute or not walking in, everybody has that whole arrhythmia or whatever it is, you know. But at the same, they really want to know these days, you know. They want someone that's going to walk in and know what they're doing, what they're talking about, or they're you're going to get your ass kicked out here, you know. Yeah, this is this is the oil field. Yeah. Living here in the Permian Basin, watching all these guys. You know, you go out to the bar. You go out to Woody's. You go out to Shack in the Back, and you're dealing with almost everybody, almost every man that is here. You say, hey, where do you work? 
oil fill. Yeah. You know, w- whatever it is, whether it's Halliburton, wherever wherever it is they're working. And they, they're they all very clicky, because I love this when he said, ask her about the clicks. And men are very clicky. Yeah. So uh, for a woman to step in. Yeah. A woman to step in and try to, like, fit in, step in and fit in. That's that's got to be quite the step. Okay, Frankie, you're next, girl. Yes, ma'am. All right, tell us a little bit about how long you've been at your job and what all you do. So I never tell anybody how long I've been in the oil and gas industry because it really makes a lot of sales guys pissed off. Um, I've only been in the oil and gas for two years. Okay. Um, I've been, at first I started out uh, with Wooly Tool, which uh, is fishing and rental. And then I got into the mix and plant and chemical business. And I love it. Um, I won't ever go back to fishing and rental. Just because chemicals and mix and plant. I'm with a great company. It's like another family. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think some of my sales guys know that. So whenever they figure out that I've only been in here for two years, I'm whooping their butt. We will tell no one. <laughs> um, secret. But as far as getting in, man, it was tough. You've got to be knowledgeable. You have to study up on it. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like Hainsville Shell, which is East Texas, Louisiana, is way more tough mm-hmm. than here. Here it's more fun. You have more fun whenever you get clients to get work oh, here. Interesting. Over there, it's... It's hard work, and you have to be prim and proper. You can't walk up with a beer and make a contact. Oh, no. But um, what really got me noticed in the oil field is that I had a guy that showed up and got sick, and we were tripping pop with a laydown machine. I said, son, show me how to trip pop, and I'll do it. Sure enough, I worked a 12-hour shift tripping pop. And the original company man would not hardly talk to me. I would take my tickets, and he'd say, I'll look it over, give me 30 minutes, come back, and I'll sign it. I mean, he was terrible to all women. Didn't think that they belonged in the oil field. But after that daggum day that I tripped pop for 12 hours, I went to go pick up the ticket. I said, was anything wrong? He said, no, but sit your ass down. Uh-oh. I said, hey, I'm PEC certified. I can get on that forklift. I got it all. I said, I didn't do anything illegal. And I'm sitting here going, God bless. I'm about to lose this account. And he said, no, tell me about yourself. I'm flipping impressed. And there it went. I still have that count still to the day. That was two years ago. That's incredible. I remember back in the day, I worked for Guthrie Oil and Gas. It's mm-hmm. a it's an oil company, but I think they're closed now. But it was bad luck to bring a woman a woman out to the oil field. How, how do they address that now? Obviously, <laughs> unless they're old school, they're having to kind of forget about all of that and move along. Do you, right. you ever hear any well, of that from I the old schoolers? From the old school, yes. But, you know, I was raised around a lot of older men with older morals and values, mm-hmm. so I kind of know how to sit back and let them speak and figure them out first. Respect. Respect, for respect. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Um, but I think where it's changed a lot is that Oilfield is also evolving the electronics. The engineers are getting younger. They're letting engineers put more uh, hands-on into it instead of just letting your company man run it. You know, used to, even two years ago when I started, a lot of the company men in Hainesville Shell, they could call the shots. Now they can't. You have to go to Houston or Midland or wherever. It's moved up the chain of command, and some of them son of a bugs are younger than I am that you got to deal with. And uh, it's a different world. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, let's go to Heather. How are you? How, how am I? How are you? I'm feeling pretty great, honestly. Glad to be here. Um, now, are you from the Permian Basin? No, man. No, you're not here from here either, so give us your story. Okay, so um, I was born and raised in Hallsville, Texas. 
Uh, I have a beautiful little girl. She's turning five this summer. Aww. And my husband works on the road doing cathodic protection for pipelines. So, long story short, we're a family of travelers, and I just took a job with Thomas Oilfield Services to serve the Hainesville Shell, and only have to sell in one basin, and I am so excited about it. Being home every night, being the mom that I want to be, and still serving the industry that I love with a good company. And how long have you been with them? Um, I just started. Just started? Yes, ma'am. And um, what is your position? I'm a sales consultant. Sales consultant. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm selling to the same customers that I've had for almost three years. Just something a little different. A little different. A little different song different. and dance. Yes, ma'am. What has the training been like for all three of you ladies? I mean, um, obviously, what training? That's what I was. That was where I was going. I've heard that, like the, the day you said, "I'll do this," and you worked. You worked the ground there for twelve hours. So, same with you. I mean, they had me out on location on day two, where they I was hitting down with the hell, hitting that hit iron with the hammer, learning about with the kinks, and when you know when something's hit good. And I mean, I was learning the basics of what I needed to know to sell it. Because they said, if you don't know this, you're not going to make it. So if I could touch on that too, I would say baptism by fire. And Uh. it really depends on the person you have. So if you have me, Frankie, or Tiffany, or someone maybe such as yourself, Chris, you'll see people who go after it and ask the questions that you know you don't know so that you can be trained properly. A Mm -hmm. lot of people don't make it because they whine and say, oh, they didn't teach me. Well, most of us weren't taught. You just go take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got to have tough skin. I mean, they expect you to be like a man out there and hustle just as strong. So... You can't get your feelings hurt. It's a it's a hard. It's, you have to have tough skin for sure. What about other women? That's that's where it doesn't matter what business we're in. Whether you're in fashion, you're in radio, you're in oil field. How is it working with other women? I would think in oil field, you ladies would be closer because you would definitely understand that how it's changing and y'all are all on the same page trying to change that industry i think some of us are we push for that um i think some try to get on the the train of women empowerment mm-hmm. and then they get jealous and turn into i mean we all have that side and lord when i was married i turned into that there was part of Satan in me, but you know, I marriage will do that sometimes, <laughs> especially the divorce part. Yeah, no kidding. But you know, it just women women don't like each other, and that's that's just it. You know, I mean, they just don't. But there's there is some of us that push for it, and we push for it. There's some that do try. I mean, I honestly give women credit for that. They do try no matter, and some just I think it's a nature where they can't help but get either envious or jealous of other women. I mean, Lord knows there's there's always going to be someone that's more beautiful or more talented or more, and in in some have that heart where they want to be like that or they are very jealous of it. I think at some point all of us women need to understand that... We're women. We're women and we're going to grow old. 
there's always going to be someone prettier. There's always going to be someone smarter. Bottom line, it's just going to happen. We're mm-hmm. not all unicorns. I mean, I am, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got older, you know? Right. So now there's someone out there. No, I'm really kidding. But seriously, um, that's just the way it is. We all need to work together and empower each other because it's going to happen. You know, we're all, someone's going to fall and you're going to need that person. And it's most likely... Hopefully, there's still marriages or there's still a man out there where they're going to pick you up. I mean, my parents have been together since they were 14. They're in their 60s. But oh, wow. a lot of us need each other, whether it's work, whether it's whatever. We're going to, we need, we might need that call one day. I mean, I called Frankie in the middle of the night one time and said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm headed that way. Either heading south or I'm, I'm either headed Does south Google or east. Way? She, said, she said, come on, you know. And that's how we became close. I mean, it was it was a really tough situation, and I just kept driving, you know. So what do you think is the biggest challenge as women working in oil field? What is the biggest challenge you see or you might have had to deal with personally? Well, they want to know if you're going to work or if you're going to take off your clothes. I ain't going to say that. Well, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a different note, too, though, for real... I think one of the biggest challenges is what we're trying to overcome, which is the image, the reputation, and being able to continue to push that in a positive way. And that's why I was so excited to be able to have this platform with these women, ones that I know that represent themselves well, and to be able to tell our own story. Because we all know that people are going to tell stories regardless. Why why shouldn't we get that time to be able to tell the real truth about it? So when we're doing a, a whole thing called the Real Oilfield Women of the South That's and getting right. to show it from our perspective and what that actually looks like and what we're actually about, there's nothing better than that in my mind. All right, challenges. next. There I think go. the challenges would be... First of all, we have to go in and kick the boys' butts, you know, all the sales guys. Um, We also have to go sell to the men that have been in the industry 45, 50 years. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to overcome that obstacle to be able to oversell the guys and be able to compare Loft back before I was born because he's been in it Mm -hmm. and make him feel good that I'm more knowledgeable and acceptable to be able to gain his work. Then you also have to be able to deal with the young bucks that are younger than us that just stepped out of college and they don't even know what a flipping fish is getting stuck in the hole, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that's happened before. I'm not going to tell you what company. And I was like, (laughs) boy, I've been in here for two days and I know exactly what that is. But um, I would say just, you know, kicking butt and being able to relate to absolutely everybody. And... um, just listening, I would say, because there's some locations that I show up to, and I literally wipe all my makeup off and put my hair up on top of my head, and then there's some where I make sure I put the lipstick on, but every single day I make sure I'm buttoned to the daggum top. No cleavage, no nothing, because that'll get you a bad rap, and um, you'll get blackballed in a heartbeat as a woman, so just maintaining, even if I had a girl's night out in Louisiana, and you know a client walks in a superintendent and saw mm-hmm. me just having fun cheers and a beer you're probably going to be blackballed and lose that account because you should not be doing that okay now my experience working with men is women are the moms women are the caregivers women are the multitaskers women are the ones that pick up the trash so have you 
had to deal with that at your positions where you feel like maybe guys are wanting you to I, I don't want to use the example but I am can you go get me some coffee oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is, are we out of coffee can you make some yeah absolutely I mean I've I worked in the housing industry so they I understand what it's like to have to clean up after me <laughs> I, I, I can, could not I have three boys I can't even imagine I do. do you really do. oh my goodness I got three boys and swoo. Those oh, bathrooms are scary. I have a good expectation story. So All one right. time, you know, a lot of times we'll go and entertain customers, whether that be a fishing trip or hunting or something just to show appreciation um, or, you know, just to kind of show, hey, look, thank you for all this work that you've given to us or um, thank you for being such a good customer, however we want to say it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, one time I was on a hunting trip and I've worked with other people that, you know, were of the male variety and we're we're at this camp and we're all we're all entertaining customers right and I said hey so what are we having for dinner and I'm gonna my response was well whatever you purchase from the store and are gonna cook for us right you know we're all working if I'm cleaning you can cook if I'm cooking you can clean but we can all work together that's a perfect case all the time it's a perfect answer so but you said you have a daughter when you got boys you have to teach them that you got to learn it's oh it's and and then they, they mine be off the back porch more than anything oh my but god that last one is a humdinger i tell you if he would have been first it would have been it been oh it. my goodness oh my Her goodness boys really do do that <laughs> she lets then the cow sleep on her uh, couch <laughs> in her house <laughs> That was whenever we had the uh, the frozen tundra that came in. Oh, I would have brought the baby calf in. I too. brought her in. I brought I two of them in, but thing. one of them slept on the couch with me. That's She's so missing cute. right now. Aww. Aww. All right, um, Tiffany. Tell me, you are actually putting together a woman's retreat, an OCI. Explain what that is, and what you're kind of. I know it's not in the final stages yet, but kind of explain what your thought process is with that. So I'm part of an organization called Oilfield Connections International, and so is Frankie over in East Texas and Heather and. Uh, this year's retreat is, it's uh, out kind of by the wineries in Texas. Oh, um, Fredericksburg yeah, area. Fredericksburg yes. area. Yes. And it's got about 40 women that are going to go. And uh, it's just more of a time to get to know each other, talk and tell about each other, you know. get More of a time to just um, get away from this area. Because you're either passing through. You're either a competitor with the other. Mm-hmm. There's something that, in um, your out here, if there's a boom going on, you're always going to be a competitor with someone, you know. So, it's just a time to really unwind away from your kids, get to know each other, and if even if you don't like each other, you know, have some type of respect because what we're all out here doing, it it takes work, and I know that every single woman goes home at night and whether they're tired frustrated cried happy or go out and have a drink you know i mean we all need to have some level of respect for each other and i think that that's the, a great way to start and see i hate the fact um frankie i think it was you that oh it was you that said 
If you go out and have a drink with a person, one of your clients, that's bad. And to me, I find that very offending. Me and Frankie. You know, that you're not able to go and well, and definitely meet a client. If you do have, um, which is very, very, I've maybe the done it a handful do it. of times. I see groups well, and all I the never, time, I know? never go by myself either. You cannot oh, no, no, ever, no. ever, ever put yourself in a situation where you're alone with that wow. person because God only knows right. what's going to come out. Or what's going to be said. Right, right. That's always have somebody there so you can go. Frankie you and were I there. get drunk off her back porch so no one sees. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what intentions you have, though. It's it's all about the image on some of those meetings. So you have well, to really be careful. Like one golden rule that I have is if I'm ever going to go out to an event, like we're probably going to go out tonight, uh-huh. I'm always I'm going to make sure, sure I'm with, with one of these ladies or someone that I ladies. know that um, will be the right people to be with when it comes that'll, down to you gotta it. watch your back well and then also if girls have been blackballed and then you go hang out with them they automatically think it's just like high school they automatically think you're going to be like them so you're not those too. slicks you were talking about Big time. but no wait let me correct myself that you weren't talking about you right. said i don't want to talk about the clicks but you know they i, I know they have to exist right. you know for sure well, and there's also the the whole part of getting to know women, and, and part of that retreat, too, is that there's also times where, like you said, you know, when, with the women, there's there's been women that have, you know, lost their jobs or gotten fired or quit and gotten mad at their companies and talked about other women that, and said things that weren't true. So that sure. is another where the whole clickish and that person may be this or this. I've heard some of that. And some of it's just not, it's not true, you know. Maybe they should get to know that person. And so that. That's very good advice. Before. Don't judge. Well, it's just, you know, some of it's true. If you've heard it three or four times, maybe you should take a look. But when you start hearing things once or twice from the same person going around, going around, and she's, you know, she might have left a company, you might want to take a look at it. She might just be. A, she might be a little bitter, bitter Betsy. That ain't her name. It could happen. I feel like the was. men are more like girls in this industry than what we actually are. <laughs> like I said, I know of a couple of groups here in the Permian Basin. A group of guys that they have. They meet almost every afternoon yeah. to have their Call. meetings. <laughs> and there's like, you know, there's like. Come here, baby. Puppies, puppies, puppies about to take off. I'm, I'm rescuing her. But no, they have their meetings every single day. Now, my next question is, I'm gonna, what is your advice, each of y'all, for if someone is listening right now and says, you know, I'm curious, I would like to get into oil field. What would be your advice for someone? All right, all right, Heather, what do you got? I think, ultimately, do your homework on the company. The number one, do your homework, see what they're about, what their values are, and see how they act on it, and really look at what that training might look like, mm-hmm. because once you start a company, you don't want to you don't want to be jumping around all the time. You want to be able to represent them well, and make sure that their values align with yours, and that they're actually going to act on it, because ultimately that's going to be your name representing it. So if you're on the sales side, that's that's the Bible right there. I think is what I just gave. Other than that, um, find your people, 
and make sure you have people to vent to, people who are going to have your back, and people who are always going to support you because the real friends are going to be the ones who empower you and lift you up. That's very good advice. Frankie, what have you got? I agree with all that, um, but I get my girlfriends ask all the time, hey, I want your job. What do you do? Will you help me? Get me in. And, I, uh, you know, I got really lucky. I was a legal assistant before I got Nolan Gas, and one of my buddies owns a service company. And so he said, I need someone that can trust, that I can trust. It's a go-getter. Uh, and so I want you to come over here. And I said, Dagum, I don't know anything. I know a rig. I don't know. I don't. I didn't know the difference between a coal unit, a drilling rig, a workover rig, nothing. But um, they trained you. They well, semi. They kind of threw me yeah, in the yeah, walls. Yeah. Uh, but I made really good lifelong friends out of that. But my advice would be, kind of figure out from start to finish, kind of what happens in the oil field. Start from the land department, where the landman come in, mm-hmm. you know, and then where the permits come in, drilling, you know, workover rig, you know, production completion. Know the difference of all those things. Um, I wouldn't focus on the nitty gritty stuff because there's a lot of people that that are even high up on the drill inside that goes, I don't know anything about completions. You know way more than what I do. Uh, I would say networking, LinkedIn has gotten me a lot of jobs. And so if this, this is what you want to do, I would start getting in and figuring out all the surface companies and start really liking and engaging with them. Um, because contacts, I mean, these girls will tell you, mm-hmm. we can get fired right now and we're going to have 20 job offers before we walk through the door because we have massive contacts. And... Um, that is what makes the world go round in sales, for sure. But it's tough, but keep trying. That's good advice. All right, what have you got? Any yeah. any other advice yeah. that we haven't covered me, yet? Make sure you put on your wrinkle cream. <laughs> <laughs> Try to take sunscreen, a, ladies. Sunscreen. sunscreen. Don't use the retinol cream if you're going to be out in the sun because you'll get a sunburn. Uh, Wear your sports bra when you put your You're supposed to be giving on. advice to people that want to be in the sales industry in oil fields. That's good advice. <laughs> it's still go, accurate. It is. This is the advice. If you want to be in the oil field, this is what you need to do. You need to just go do it and don't look back. But the, you need to make sure you're wearing that sunscreen. You put in... You make sure you got that wrinkle cream because I'm telling it's you It's actually what. very good advice because you guys put in some long hours oh. out in the West Texas wind, dirt, uh, I can't even imagine. And then Lord have mercy, make sure you wear, you know, that you can't have Tylenol for too long because it'll mess up your liver and your back is going to hurt sitting on that 285. <laughs> Well, not 285 now. I'd say over in Howard County, but it's 50. Yeah. Just, if you want to be in the oil field, get connected. Get on LinkedIn. Start looking at who's hiring. Indeed is so crazy right now. You can get on there because when I was looking for a job, it's um, there's a lot of people that are offering no experience or whatever degree you're in. If you have sales, if you have sales experience that's not in the oil field, if you have sales in your blood, you can sell anything, and I truly believe that. If mm-hmm. you don't have it in your blood, I'm sorry, but you need to go to a different, different profession. I truly believe that, Sales too. is tough. You've got to be a certain kind of individual you because you cannot walk mm-hmm. into a place, especially an all-men industry, and uh, be timid. And well, if they tell you no, oh, yeah. you, you go cry in the corner. No, no, you'll just you better take yeah, a nap, go to babysitting or something. I feel like even um, 
no sales experience is a good thing because you can be trained how they want you to be. Exactly. I will say that bartenders and uh, servers, I did that for 13 years, they are probably the best candidates for fresh off the map. Absolutely. Because they're people person. People, people. And they actually get an opportunity to meet a lot of oil field people. So oh, yeah. they probably they probably know more about the business than what you think they do. What do you got well, to have to weigh in? So I was not always in oil and gas. I started out as a teacher. So making any kind of oil and gas money at the very beginning level, I was shocked. I was thinking, wow, so you're going to pay me to go make friends and make sure that the services are taken care of and that's all I have to do and I get to drive around in a vehicle you all give me? Sign me up. So (laughs) that's my thing is you go talk to the people who will train you and give you a shot. Just make sure you're safe when you go. And that they're not just going to cut you after a week. Make sure that they know that. Well, I mean, it's true. You know it's true. So make sure that you're with the right people to work for. And go take the plunge and just know that your life's going to change as soon as you do. You did make it sound very easy. Please clarify that. It's (laughs) not that easy, ladies and gentlemen, or ladies, whoever is listening. I got my job off Indeed. My first oil field job was off Indeed. Uh, My daughter was taking a nap when they had the first initial call. Mm -hmm. That was about almost three years ago. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, I'll come talk to you. And there's a second round of interviews. And then I went for the third one. They offered me the job. I was mainly just a ticket runner. And since then, I've been promoted, moved over, managed, and all kinds of things. So your life can change, but you have to be willing to put in the work to make it happen. So before it's all about the work. Before anyone asks anybody on this podcast for a job, make sure that you know you're going to put in some hours. That is all. And I think that's the main thing I want you ladies to let everybody know that's listening is how much work it actually is. People don't realize oil field is tough. Well, on sales, you're always it's on tough. call. It's and 24-7. Yes, if they got an oil field that's that's broke, mm-hmm. a drill rod, right. they're, a drill bit, they're going to need somebody right there. Immediately. Immediately. Because downtime is more than most people's salary. Yes, yes. so you've got to be able to get up, get that whatever mm-hmm. piece it is, and bring it to them. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes, like, we'll work a 24-hour, 36-hour shift, but then we'll take off for three or four days. So time management, I mean, because we all have kids right. and families we take care of, you mm-hmm. know, and so making sure that you have that happy medium, that balance is important. But most people do respect that if you put in massive hours, take a few hours off type deal because we don't get overtime. So we can work 20 hours this week, 80 hours the next week, you know, but it's, yeah, it's in there. Time's in there. It's Vacation, you have to have your phone, even if you're on the beach, Mm -hmm. because if you get a call, you got to get it. But it's worth it. It sure is. There you go. I have a friend that works in mud, and he's a mud engineer, and every time you're sitting there having dinner, the phone rings, and he's like, i got to go. So something is going out on the oil rig that he had to go take care of. So yeah. same thing for ladies. I was on a trip last year in the in Key West, Florida, and I was on a boat on a fishing. Uh, we went, hired a fishing guide, and I swore I would not answer my phone. But when you but see guess that what? customer, you did. Yeah. I did the same thing in Venice. Yeah. I mean, you see that customer and you can't help it, you know? I mean, you don't know if they need more, anything, whatever. So I, I had to answer it. I mean, I was out there fishing and I was taking calls, you know. I sewed up a job with Walter Heathcock. Shout yeah. out to Walter Heathcock down in Venice. <laughs> I was so daggum happy I pulled this massive account. I nearly fell out of his boat. <laughs> you just, you, even if you take those it's days called off, service. It's, it's, yeah. uh, 
you, I would answer my phone. So I, I don't know whether it's uh, actually taking a vacation. So I'd answer it in a second. I always do. All right. Well, we've got a couple more minutes. So any, any closing remarks, something that we've not had the opportunity. So all three of you ladies, put your thinking caps on because I'm going to come to y'all. So whoever wants to kick it off, anything that you want to share, an experience that you had at work or some advice you want to share, or as Jason said earlier to me, if you run out of things to talk about, talk about recipes. So if you have a recipe, (laughs) I'm like, we're ladies. We will not run out of things to say. I'll just say first, you know, uh, if it's in your heart to do something different or something better, then give it a shot no matter what age you are, whether you feel like you're too young or too old or you, I mean, just give, give life a chance, you know, you never know in this industry where it'll take you. That's good. That's good advice. All right. Which one? Frankie, Heather, Frankie. Um, let's see. All my experiences, I don't feel like I could talk on the radio that are so daggone funny. Uh, but I would say that oil and gas has definitely changed my life around. Um, obviously I'm a single mom of three boys. And, it's pro- and I can make as much money as I want to because of how much I go in out and hustle. Um, I would say that I've met some massive lifelong friends. I have some that are literally like family, and that's from other salespeople. My competitors right up there, I'm not going to shout them out because <laughs> my boss, <laughs> I don't want to give them no credit. But I love them to death, and that's them up there. They just FaceTime me trying to get my attention. <laughs> I'm going to make them listen to it and tell them I was going to shout you out, but not. But, I mean, you know, they're my they're my competitors, and they're my buddies, too. I mean, we just all get along. Sometimes they don't have equipment. We come in, we take it, and we share. I you mean, got to concentrate on your company and your job, and I would they just say do it's, the same. It's a, it's a whole different world, but it's a family. Right. Dang sure. Okay. Heather. No pressure to go last on those. Yeah, yeah. Um, Follow that up. I think the most important piece of advice that I could give, and whether you're in the oil and gas industry or anywhere else, would be to make sure that you're always improving and surrounding yourself with people who are trying to do the same. Whether that be you're trying to read more, you're trying to stretch your brain, whether you're trying to learn every piece of the oil field that you possibly can, if that's the industry you're in, whether that's, you know, getting into the stock market, whatever you're, whatever you're after, always keep chasing it. In this industry, I have met some people, whether they're 19 and just got in or whether they're 75 with a 20-year plan still, uh-huh. I've met all kinds of people and the ones that are still going and the ones that are the happiest are the ones who are always improving. So if if I were you and you're listening, that's my piece of advice. All right, let's talk about the real oil-filled women of the South. Do y'all have like a, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say a, a group is there a club or yeah, it's if, a people, if people want to get a, what I'm saying is if people want to get a hold of y'all if they do have any questions, is there a way to do that? Um, is there on your all on LinkedIn? Yeah, they can find us on LinkedIn or the Crude Life. Um, okay. And I text. Yeah. And I've got they all, tag us on there, so all of our information. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking for all y'all on LinkedIn. Whenever you better I, watch whenever out I, now. That's all right. <laughs> you better watch out. I'm terrible <laughs> about keeping up over there. I do my very best. 
I'm still, you know, I'm still doing the Facebook thing, fighting the fighting the fight, fighting the fight. But right now, oil and gas is going up so much. You know, yeah. we do our energy report every single day, and it's going up higher than what they thought. Who would, you know, here here it was, four or five months ago, it was below zero. I, price per gallon and now here we are at 60 i think it was like 67 right today. i think it hit 70 it last friday Se- yes and yeah. it's, it went back down. it's been in two years besides like one week i think it was thanksgiving back in 2019 mm-hmm. so yeah we're excited everybody's full throttle we're booming we're happy yeah it is great it's not good at the gas pumps kids but it is great for people that are working in oil and gas so thank all three of you ladies mm-hmm. for what you do for being inspirations for taking the time to share your stories with everybody that's listening right now okay anything else I'm good. all thank right you. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're awesome uh-huh. it's, well, it's nice meeting awesome. very nice meeting you Music featured on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show this week is by Elma Cook. This is Elma Cook. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. <laughs> Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment Developments. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an 
industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. That's what love is like that. Who am I that I would push back? Is that the loving thing? You made a bet for me to lie Good day to you, friends and listeners. My name is Jenica, and we today get to talk with the lovely Stephanie Canales with Cougar Drilling Solutions. How are you doing today, Stephanie? I'm doing fabulous, Jenica. How are you? Oh, just wonderfully. Uh, I know that we got to, to talk just a little bit before starting to record, and uh, love to mention how thankful that I am for the oil and gas industry right now, staying warm inside. Absolutely. I know it's something um, we definitely can't take for granted. It's a, a little luxury and I'm glad everyone who has the ability to take advantage of that can do so and stay warm and toasty at home. Oh, definitely. And you you probably have some really unique insight into what's been going on in the industry during this time working with Cougar Drilling Solutions. Would you like to tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um so I've been with Cougar Drilling. Um, I just actually hit my one-year anniversary uh, this week. And, um, you know, when I, did, I took on my position with Cougar, um, I wanted to, to learn a more technical side of the drilling business and oil and gas uh, downhole drilling tools. So this really just seemed like the perfect fit. And really, it's it's been really exciting um, I've learned a lot of uh, new technical aspects of drilling, and it's just opened my eyes to um, how far drilling technology has come and how efficient our industry is in doing more with less. So it's been great being with Cougar. I've got a fantastic team with me, and um, I'm just thankful that I'm here for the ride. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure that they are, too. It was such a rough time. It's probably very nice to have such brilliant minds on the team. I hear that uh, you've got a bit of experience even before coming to, to Cougar. Uh, but Cougar, it looks to me like you guys pretty much take care of it all uh, from the drilling itself to the data collection, the implementation and utilizing of the data after the fact, and then uh, making the bits and everything else, you know, for other, other companies to use. Am I... Am I about right on with that or? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, drill, Cougar Drilling is is an international company and there's many different arms that, you know, we delve into as far as um, drilling tools. But in, in the U.S., North America, we're uh, rental tools. So we've got shocks, jars, mechanical thrusters, roller reamers. Um, so we offer a lot of tools that really help to mitigate shock and vibration um, related damages to uh, the downhole BHA uh, drill string apparatus. So it's it's great. I, I'm happy that I've got an opportunity to learn more about the business and, and be with Cougar. Um, they've been around for 50 years. So fantastic company, great people, um, great tools. And yeah, it's, it's been a great ride so far. And a year in, I, I just couldn't speak more highly of the company. Well, first of all, congratulations and happy anniversary. Thank you very that much. Is, that is definitely due. Um, we made it. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, hopefully, and now we'll we'll be sailing on to brighter days ahead. Hopefully. Um, of course. 
<laughs> but in this last year, I mean, I can't possibly think of a more tumultuous time to be stepping into that that portion of the industry. What was what was your experience from beginning to now? I mean, where did you see yourself in the beginning? That had to have been terrifying, right? All, all, all of everything kind of going yeah, nuts. Are, are, are you referring to just, you know, yeah, because when I started a year ago um, in Colorado, at least about a week after I I made the official announcement was was lockdown. So um, things were changing rapidly. And, you know, like everybody else, just trying to kind of keep pace with with all of the changes and, you know, seeing a lot of the rigs and the people that I had traditionally worked with throughout the Rockies um, evaporate very quickly. So it was a very uncertain time and um, really just kind of had to shake and move and kind of keep up with all the different changes and as things consolidated, you know, I just look for ways to, to to keep useful and expand my knowledge as quickly as possible to try to add value to the company. And I can definitely say, you know, a year later, um, I, I, I would say not to try to stress too much about some of the small stuff now looking back. But at the same time, I think um, kind of going through that obviously makes you a little bit tougher. And I, I don't just speak for myself. I think a lot of people can agree with that sentiment. It's just, uh, you know, you just got to go through these hard times and you learn a lot through the process. So um, where I'm at now, um, you know, in a good position and I think I've learned a lot and I think the company is well positioned. So um, it was scary at first, but, you know, now that things seem a bit more stable, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of creative juices that flow in the last year and now's the time to kind of capitalize that moving forward. Yeah. So do you have uh, any big ideas or projects that uh, Cougar Drilling is going to be looking to kind of move forward with right now? Yeah, no, there's a lot of exciting things that that Cougar has on the horizon. Um, We're really kind of buffering up our our marketing campaign on that side. So we're going to roll that out soon. And I won't kind of take away the thunder from that. But uh, stay tuned. Cougar's definitely got some things uh, shortly on the radar to, to roll out with. So it'll be exciting. Ooh. I can't wait to hear that when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll have to uh, get a statement from you or something then uh, so we can let everyone on the crew life know about it as well. Although I'm sure Jason Spies is going to be <laughs> well in the know as far as that goes. He keeps, I, I don't even know how he keeps track of so many things. He's, He's on done. it. Yes, yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty thankful for, for the opportunity, actually, because uh, I, I previously I've been working on a radio station. So this, is, this has been very fun for me to be able to get uh, my own kind of in-depth look into the industry. And I probably would not have gotten such a good view had it not been for the opportunity from Jason. Um, with Have you gotten any kind of neat opportunities presented to you in the last year? You know, it's funny you ask that because, you know, when I started with Cougar, um, I was really just I was so focused on on just learning the business. And I did. Um but it's funny how different opportunities arise when, you know, you are under pressure. Um, I, I would say, well, one thing I've been involved with for at least the last couple of years, since 2017, um, I've been with an organization called DEPA, um, which I'm not sure many people know of, but it stands for the Domestic Energy Producers Alliance. And um, this was founded by Chairman Harold Ham, which many people might know is of Continental Resources. 
Um, so DEPA represents a bunch of small producers and service providers. And uh, I've been on, you know, a board member for quite a few years. And then this year, uh, recently promoted to board director. Oh, wow. So I've been serving on the membership committee, which really kind of um, was easy for me to jump into with my business development background. So um, attracting and retaining members. Uh, and then I've recently jumped into the ESG committee. And I wanted to be a part of the ESG committee really to more learn about um, a lot of ESG topics. You know, it's kind of a trending thing right now. A lot of investors and companies are looking into adopting ESG as part of, you know, their their business plans moving forward. So it's just something I wanted to, um, I was curious about and I wanted to learn more of. So um, DEPA has been a really great platform to kind of just learn more about oil and gas on a different side of things. So that's been really great to be a part of. Um, and also more recently, um, the Department of Energy approached me and um, Director James Campos um, asked if I would be an ambassador uh, representing the Rockies and Millennial Group. Um, and really, uh, this this whole organization of, you know, the equity and energy program that Director Campos developed, um, we're trying to bring awareness to, you know, the seven different pillars uh, of STEM enhancement, technical assistant, workforce development, energy affordability, and supplier diversity. And so there's a bunch of different amb ambassadors. Um, I'm one of them. And we're just kind of acting to serve as megaphones to help amplify these different pillars, you know, to the public and to women, minorities, people of different backgrounds. So, you know, in the past year, there have been a lot of exciting things, you know, learning about downhole drilling tools with Cougar, um, getting more involved with DEPA and, um, you know, learning about ESG and just meeting different people within the industry through the membership committee. And then also with the Department of Energy's equity and energy program, which is you know, really important for, you know, our future and the workforce pipeline that we need to create um, for future generations of people working in the energy industry. Wow, that is that is so much. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing, though. That's really cool. So as an ambassador, you're working directly with the Department of Energy, right? Yeah, yeah. So that there's is... a lot of different people involved. But, um, you know, that's what's actually so wonderful about it is, is the exposure to meet uh, people from different energy backgrounds, from different um, levels of organizations, um, people in government. You know, I've worked for for small uh, private companies, you know, my entire career. So it's great to be able to collaborate with people on the government side and to learn more about, you know, how we can kind of bridge our talents and help more people get into energy. Um, because, you know, it's a national security issue to, you know, be energy independent and have people competent and qualified to be able to carry out the jobs, you know, in the U.S. So it's okay. really important. And I'm just I'm tickled to be a part of it. Oh, absolutely. That's got to be incredibly exciting. What, what do you what do you get to feel then? Um, just just based off of what you've kind of learned about it so far, what's the, the kind of feeling that you get from up on the hill in regards to where the oil and gas industry is going to go from here? Because they've already taken away our independence as at this moment in time. Do you think that maybe recent events might might change the tones so that we can move forward with a little bit more balance? Or how do you think that's going to play out? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, um, I see those sentiments everywhere. And I think that, you know, no matter what, there's a lot of challenges. Um, there always has been, and there continue, there will always be those challenges ahead. And as Harold Ham has said in a couple of our internal meetings with DEPA, he says, you know, the, the bad times never last. And that's something I have always taken away that, that he's mentioned quite a few times. And, you know, he leaves us feeling more optimistic about the industry ahead. So, you know, while we have some challenges to deal with, I think that, um, you know, you haven't really been in oil and gas until you've, you know, gone through, you know, a little rough patch. So I think <laughs> it kind of makes you it makes you tough. And, um, you know, it's 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 not fun to go through, but you definitely evolve and you go through growth periods. And um, with some of the recent um, things happening in Washington and around us, uh, it's definitely posing challenges. But I think, you know, nobody is more capable than the oil and gas industry to rise to that challenge and innovate once again. I mean, that's what we're really good at doing. So um, I'm really proud to be a part of this industry because, you know, you throw us uh, you throw us a curveball. We'll find a way to to give you a home run. I don't think that anyone could ever make the mistake of saying that any of the oil field men and women uh, are, are anything but total pillars of strength. It's not an easy industry. <laughs> No, it, it definitely uh, it makes you a little tough, but, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I, I think a lot of other folks would agree. Oh, I'm sure of it. Um, I was curious if if you are interested in talking about those pillars. I know that uh, you'd said that one of the motivations was to help try and uh, educate people or let them know about these different various pillars. Would you mind going back over those a little bit so that we could? Hear of course. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, one of them. Um, one that I would want to touch on and I think it's really important is, is STEM enhancement. Um, I, I don't have the exact figures off the top of my head, but you know the number of women getting into STEM programs has has increased but not by very much. And so you know as as we kind of evolve in our workforce, you know women are becoming um, more prevalent and in different roles and in all fields of energy. You know, it's important that we really highlight STEM enhancement as as an option for for women to kind of get more interested in. Um, so, you know, I want to just say we have 17 national labs across the U.S. And I'm not sure, you know, how known that is to a lot of people. Um, I know I, I've in Colorado and Golden, we have NREL, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. Um, and, you know, before pre-pandemic days, you know, they would have these open days where people can go and um, like kind of like student workforce shadowing days. And people could learn more about, you know, the inner workings of what happens there. And that's just one lab amongst many across the U.S. And I think if we can... Um, you know, just bring more awareness and the interest and access to these different entities across the U.S., um, you know, we can really buffer up people to get interested in different STEM programs that can help people get jobs at these different labs or in different sectors of the energy industry, whether it's oil and gas, whether it's geothermal, um, you know, whatever industry pertaining to, you know, energy fields. So, STEM enhancement is is one thing I think that within the seven pillars, 
uh, is really important for us as ambassadors to really be a megaphone um, to get more people interested in. And I actually had noticed that there's been a lot more talk about uh, STEM programs, at least in the Midwest here, in the, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, I, even when I was on the radio, there was a day that I would, you know, dedicate toward advancements in, in different parts of technology or or mathematics or engineering. Right. Because there's always so much going on. But uh, I looked at the statistic. Twenty eight percent of the workforce is all that women make up in uh in yes. the STEM area. So, yeah, th- th- there is a, a vast difference in number of men versus women. When we're thinking about women in the oil field industry, though, um, well, I, I actually, you know, there's probably even some people, I hate to say it, that don't much even think of it. Um, my grandfather is 95 years old, for example, and he was <laughs> shocked to find out that there was, you know, women out working in the fields. <laughs> yeah, boy, have the times changed, you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny because you're right. Yeah, the the STEM, the w- women in STEM programs is quite low, and and then as far as just women in you know oil and gas, I mean, there's there's not very many, and so a lot of people are kind of shocked when you know they see a woman rolling up to a location and she hops out with her hard hat and her steel toed boots, and um, you know that's just this changing times. And I think more women are seeing other women in this industry and it's kind of just breaking down the traditional mindset of like, well, you know, maybe that's a job I can do. And there's different jobs available for women in all sorts of different capacities within oil and gas, you know, and if it's not in STEM, it's, it's definitely in, in other areas, um, you know, like myself in sales and business development, you know, I never thought, for one, I would ever be in oil and gas and two in a sales role. Um, but now that I'm in it, you know, this is something I really enjoy and I definitely see as, you know, a lifelong career path. So, um, I guess, you know, if you want to do it, you know, we can definitely help make it happen. And, And there's other women and great mentors out there that can help kind of carve and show the path forward. Uh, Actually, you know, and of any of the women that I've heard working in the industry, the ones that go for it, they they really kind of, from what I understand, they show them what it means to be a woman working their butt off. So it's 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 not as uncommon as some people might think. And I think that it would be it would be kind of interesting if more ladies were to look into the different roles and positions throughout the industry, because like you said, not all of it's even having to do with manual labor. Sometimes it's, yeah, you know, being being a, a megaphone for what pillars the company or the industry does stand for. Sometimes that is an incredibly important role. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of different areas that that women can contribute. And I really think that adds significant value in the energy field just to have women's thoughts, perspectives, educational backgrounds, you know, personal life backgrounds involved in in just, you know, oil and gas or whatever energy industry field it might be. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That is so neat. I um, yeah. I guess I I kind of wanted to ask you, and I'm trying to figure out how to work it in there. I, I'd heard that uh, 
you are also looking to connect with youth. So it's not just connecting with people and kind of educating and, and letting them know about what's actually happening in the industry. But I had heard that you are also looking towards connecting with youth. What what kind of projects, what, do you, what have you got going on in that area? Terrible segue, so, but. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's just jump right into it. Um, I mean, it really does kind of wrap into, you know, the Department of Energy's goals in, you know, their equity and energy, trying to reach people of different backgrounds, women and such and so forth, you know, but where we're really going to be able to reach people is when they're youth, when they're children, you know, we want to start creating this um, awareness at a very young age. And, you know, there's a lot of ways we can do this. Um, There's a lot of collaborating um, labs across the U.S. that, you know, have these student internship days, you know, so um, as I'm newer to as an ambassador, I I need to learn more about how this actually plays out. But um, these are things that that were going on for quite a long time. And I know that they want to continue. Um, These days they are more virtual because of um, uh, COVID and all, but um, hopefully eventually we get back to where we can have more of these student internship days where we can get, you know, younger people involved in in going to these labs and, and checking them out and kind of seeing what happens and the inner workings of, of what plays out day to day. Um, So I encourage everyone actually go check out, you know, Department of Energy's website, um, and to check out these labs too, because they're really quite fascinating and we should, um, be able to highlight those to people and, you know, gain more exposure to the younger crowd and, and have them interested in, in what we have available. Oh, absolutely. So many different facets to look into. Absolutely. Well, I guess, is there Anything else that you think that people would really like to or should know about that's been going on or that you've got coming up? Anything that you would be excited to share? Um, Yeah, actually, you know, I just want to encourage people to, you know, again, check out the Department of Energy's website. Um, Check out our national labs. Um, DEPA, as far as DEPA is concerned, you know, we are doing webinars. In fact, it's something we started back in the summer. Uh, If anybody's interested to kind of just learn a little bit more about oil and gas and the inner workings of, you know, things that we have going on in the future, you know, we've had some great guests in the past and, you know, now moving forward, we're having these monthly chats with the CEO of DEPA, Jerry Simmons, and um, I'm actually going to be on next month. So if anyone's nice. interested, uh, yeah, we'll be on next month. We have the videos featured on YouTube. Um, but yeah, we've got great things. Cougar's got some exciting things rolling out. Depa's got some great things um, just to kind of keep the public informed of all the things going on in the oil and gas world. And then the Department of Energy. Um, there's just there's so much there's bountiful information available to people. And we want to just share that so that people have those resources uh, to be able to take advantage of what's available and learn more and get into a fantastic industry, you know, energy, oil and gas, whatever you have an interest in. I mean, there's something for everybody. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Oh, absolutely. And if and if if you have any questions as to how how vast the industry can be, even just taking a look at the Cougar Drilling Solutions website, I was pretty darn impressed. It looked like you've got like geoengineers and stuff that you've got. To have there's I mean geothermal drilling, and then there's this, the the uh, the reading the energies and the plates and stuff. I mean, gosh, no, it's exciting. I mean, Cougars. Um 
Cougar's involved with a lot of different drilling capacities. And I think one really exciting part of that is geothermal drilling. And um, again, that really just highlights the innovation of oil and gas and how we're able to apply our technology um, and and talent of, you know, the people working in ener- or oil and gas into just, you know, mainstream energy. So, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And um, I'm happy to be at the center of it and help kind of highlight, you know, what there is available for people to, you know, become interested in. Sounds like you are a wonderful woman for that job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and busy. <laughs> but I love I it. Can I can only imagine. <laughs> Well, even being busy, I really do appreciate the time that you took to talk with me about it today. I gosh, there was so much. You are I can only imagine how busy you are, involved in so much. That's incredible. But you know, I love it though. And um I think I, I do it because it's it's interesting and it's exciting and you know, obviously, if, if if I can get interested in it, um I, I wanna help someone else become interested and and find a really great fulfilling career path. And that's, I guess that's my goal is to just kind of help highlight those facets. And really, if anyone can, anyone can do it, you know, we have the tools to be able to help. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Love the tenacity. Love the brilliance. (laughs) The drive is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Stephanie. I very much appreciate it. Of course, Jenica, anytime. And um, yeah, I think we could have definitely segmented it a whole hour, but we'll just have more to chat about next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you have any fun, fun projects or anything that you want to get out there, just let me know. I will. That sounds wonderful. Again, thanks so much, Jenica. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Take care. All right, my friends, that was Stephanie Canales with Cougar Drilling Solutions. And what a brilliant mind. I hope you enjoyed all of the information that she just laid out for us. If you want more information, as she had said, make sure to go check out that Department of Energy website. Um, There will be links in the show notes. And if you like what you heard, you can find more great content across the rest of the crudelife.com. The music featured on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show this week is by Elma Cook. This is Elma Cook. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Look. Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marseal, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment developments. 
For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton. Well, it really was an idea that started in my first official mayoral trip was to the um, U.S. Conference of Mayors in Washington, D.C. You know, it's exactly what you would think the title says it is. It's where all the mayors from across the country show up. And it didn't take long for me to realize this was the U.S. Conference of Democrat Mayors and U.S. Conference of Environmentalist Activist Mayors. And so I just sort of watched patiently. I went to the breakout session that was supposed to be about the climate and energy, and it was led by Mayor Garcetti from Los Angeles, who's no friend of okay. oil and gas. And we were supposed to be, we were all supposed to have an open mic to be able to talk. And he talked the entire hour and a half. We didn't get a chance to speak, so there was a press gaggle outside the door. I walked out to the press gaggle and I just stopped in the middle of it and I said, are any of you willing to talk to someone about the true story of oil and gas, the value of it? And I said, and the fact that you can never be green unless you go through black gold. And they said, well, who do we talk to? And I said, me. So we started having a conversation. I realized there was going to be no audience for this, but I also realized if you watch the political landscape right now, how many mayors are making the news, whether it's the Portland mayor, whether it's a Seattle mayor, whether it's Mayor Garcetti, there's all of a sudden this elevation of the role of mayor. And part of that is because you deal with all the legislation that comes down on you at a local level. You've got to manage that. So the idea as I'm sitting in my hotel room was, I think energy city mayors better get their act together because we understand oil and gas and what it does for our communities and the world better than anybody else. So that led to a couple of conversations with uh, Continental Oil and Gas, with some associations here. It's been a slow roll. People have been a little bit afraid to engage. To listen to the full interview with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media enthusiasts. We have Facebook, Twitter, even LinkedIn and YouTube. Check out thecrudelife.com. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. Five 
exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. They keep telling me it's only a phase and that soon enough I'll see that I'm crazy for loving you the way that I do because who could love somebody like you? They say you're too, too, too damn small and I won't pretend it don't matter at all. But no matter what the trouble ahead, I still won't regret this time that I spent. Start to be hold. Nothing you could do make me go. We'll let the world judge what they don't know. Giving me a heartbeat, making me never want to leave. We'll let the world judge, cause they don't see. Five thousand candles, five thousand candles burn me bright on the light you could handle. Five thousand candles here at night, five thousand candles, five thousand candles burn me bright on the light you could handle. Five thousand candles here at night, I wanna know who did that. Show me the match that lit that sky. Look at all those candles, on to the light that caught my eye. Never could forget that steam and my breath and my Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipes in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state and safety is is really important obviously to all of us. Absolutely. You know the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean uh, the President Biden's administration that this is Obama Biden 2.0 plus and the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to the Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas. 
and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? <laughs> pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.